0: Hi, my name is Alex Evans, and this is Composer's Concepts. This episode, I had a great conversation with RTS award winner, Ollie Julian. For those in North America, are probably most familiar with the music he wrote for the Netflix original, Sex Education, but he still has a lot of work under his belt, including Year of the Rabbit, Catastrophe, and Motherland, to name a few. Let's head over to that conversation now. I've had to, I've had to edit quite a bit of every episode, so it's no, no worries at all. Alrighty. Um, yeah. So thank you, Ollie, for uh, joining me on the show. I'm um, starting out for those who aren't like familiar with, with your work. Um, you can just sort of, you know, uh, let us know like what it is that you do in the music industry and, um, and sort of how you got started doing what you're doing.
1: Uh, well, I'm a composer, uh, for TV and film. And I mostly work in comedy and drama at the moment. Um, I've been doing it for a good few years, probably since about 2006. Um, I started out as a runner in a music production house that um, did a lot of adverts and that kind of thing, commercials. And then I sort of worked my way up through that. And became a writer, uh, in-house writer, and then uh, about five years after that, I went freelance and found myself working mostly in TV comedy, really, which is where mm. I sort of, yeah, enjoy it most at the moment.
0: Nice. Um, and so, like, how did you how did you discover that you wanted to do composing? Like, what was the initial spark for you?
1: Um, I think it, I've I've always done it since, since I was a kid. And we'd always, at school, we'd always had like four tracks and we always messed around our bands that we were in and that kind of stuff. We always messed around with recording um, what we were playing. And so I got into the tech side of it, I guess, from an early age and always did it, uh, you know, on the side um, while I was at school and then while I was at uni as well. (coughs) And so... I always knew that it was something that I was passionate about, but I guess I only Mm. realized I wanted to do it professionally when I figured out that you could do it professionally, which was probably when I was only about 18 or 19 and I'd already started doing languages at uh, university and I suddenly had this epiphany that I definitely did want to do composing as a career when I realized that Mm. there was, you know, when I started understanding what a composer for picture did.
0: So mm. um yeah. yeah. Did you um like did you sort of need did you need to move quite heavily from like where you where you were located to to do that initially or was it um
1: Uh well I was I made the move down to London. I, w- I grew up in the north of England and um I went to university in the Midlands and uh I guess like a lot of people my age you know a lot of jobs were in London anyway and so I made the move down to London to do a master's in music technology at Westminster Uni and then uh, that was a year and then I was based in London and that's you know obviously where the heart of the industry is in the UK a lot of Mm. post-production houses a lot of um music production houses tv companies they're all based in 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 London really in the uk um and so yeah i was there at the, in
0: the right town which was which was handy nice okay yeah and you, and like primarily from what i was able to see you know you you and you mentioned as well um that you sort of work primarily in like drama and comedy and now more so on comedy was that was that a conscious decision or was it sort of what you just ended up working on at first and then you really enjoyed it uh, it was it wasn't a conscious
1: decision it was what i ended up working on first and then mm. the the connections that you make the network of people that you work with generally all work tend to work with each other and they work in the same genre and that kind of thing so my first tv gig was was a show um called spy which was a sitcom back in 2011 and that's the director who um i've worked with recently on sex education and most of the Mm. other and catastrophe and the other sort of big shows that i've done and so you end up working with the same people who often i guess work in the same genre So it wasn't really a a deliberate decision but it's something that Mm. i was very happy about because I've always liked comedy and watching comedy and I was suddenly starting to work on shows with my favorite comedians and actors and uh, and I and it was just a joy to, to work on that stuff and to write music for.
0: Mm.
1: It's funny cuz comedy you... comedy music isn't really what it used to be. It's it's not really writing music that's inherently funny in itself. It's just writing music that works yeah. to the narrative um and so it can be anything and also it can be really dramatic and moving and tense and whatever so Mm. i think working in comedy kind kind of gives me license to do a lot of things that that you wouldn't be able to do necessarily if you just did drama or anything
0: else yeah yeah have you like have you as well tried to like try to go into other genres and it's been difficult or have you have you just sort of like you said been consistently working with the same people so it hasn't really been an avenue that you pursued
1: well as my career has progressed and as i've done more and more i've you know you start to do your network of people you work with expands and you start to um just broaden your horizons i guess a bit and I definitely, in the last year or two, have done much. I guess more classically, dr- you know, drama shows than than com- than sitcoms, um, which mm. is great. But I think people have come to me to do it probably because uh, I can bring the, the 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 lightness and the experience with working in the comedy that 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 they need, for especially for a, a dramedy or, you know, yeah, a, a comedy-drama, which is very much a popular genre these days. I think comedies have changed a lot in the last 10, 15 years, and now you mm. have shows like Catastrophe or, well, that, there's so many that that, that really <laughs> blur the boundary between drama and comedy, and you get these, you know biting bits of hilarious comedy dialogue and then you get these heartbreaking moments and these this tense stuff Mm. and you know i was just watching succession last night and it's you know it's it's a drama but it's so funny and you know the line between the line between these these genres is 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 kind of non-existent in these days i think
0: well, yeah, I mean, like, I, I think as of late, it seems like the most successful shows are, are like the drama comedies or dramedies, if you want to call them that, um, like, you know, like Stranger Things and like Succession, like you mentioned, and even Sex Education, which you've worked on, like, they're just, yeah, they're just such a nice blend of, of, of drama and comedy that it just sort of, I feel like it appeals to like such a wide audience of people.
1: Yes, Definitely it appeals to a wide audience and especially in times like these at the moment i think people need a lot of comedy in their lives and so it's uh, <laughs> it's great and it's it's also good that the comedy was all i think historically comedy used to be the sorry my kids screaming <laughs> <laughs> um comedy used to be the um you know cheaper cousin of drama but i kind of yeah. think now that there's you know there's you can do comedy on a big budget and it'd be really good and and you know it doesn't have to be something that's made on the cheap and you know something that's got a laughter track and blah 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 i think there's it's changed a lot in the last ten years
0: yeah for sure and and like you know even like with different award shows and stuff like that for films and t v like for some reason, they don't really ever seem to acknowledge comedy that much. Um, you know, maybe a bit more recently, but just all of a sudden, if you add a bit of those drama elements to it, if it, it all of a sudden you know becomes something that people are gonna <laughs> want to recognize in those in those avenues and stuff. So, um, yeah, I think it's I think it's a good uh, a good narrative that people that people do with shows and, and movies now.
1: Yes, yeah, it's funny because you often, I think from a technical point of view music in in comedies often serves much more of a practical sort of technical purpose of linking scenes and and giving you immediacy of 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 mood and tone and punctuating jokes and and blah 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 Whereas in dramas, sometimes I think you can you can afford or you are afforded a lot more space to to create tone and mood, um, which often leads to perhaps more obvious award-winning stuff. I guess uh, it's, it, yeah, it's 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 funny. I've always wondered why you know comedy is always up, underrepresented, like say at award ceremonies, and I think. maybe it's because it it has such a technical job to do to make you laugh that often that gets in the way of the, the, the mood or the
0: tone. Um, so yeah, um, with, uh, with instruments and stuff like that for yourself, what sort of instruments do you, do you play, um, you know, when you're working on music and everything like that?
1: Um, well I play my, my main instrument or my first instrument is actually the drums. Um, and I, I guess, I guess that's always fairly integral to what I write in it's is usually quite rhythmic what I'm doing and so drums or or percussion is often quite crucial to what I do um I play the guitar and I play a bit of piano and you know I can get by on the bass and you know everything in that family of instruments um and you know with Computers, I can, and with samples, sample libraries, and synths, you can, you can, you can do everything else. Really, you know, I wish I could play a stringed instrument. I wish I could play, you know, a brass instrument. Um, but there's, you know, it's it's equally nice to work with musicians who can also bring their own skill and qualities to to the to the cue or the track. So that's always nice as well.
0: Yeah. And, and like what, so what does your writing process look like when you're working on a cue or anything like that? Do you, like, what, like, what do you start off with?
1: Um, I, let me think. It really depends on the show, to be honest, because as I said before, I think a lot of comedy shows can be wildly different in terms of their musical requirements and so, depending on the style or the genre or, or or the instrumentation that I've thought about or that I've talked about with the director, uh, how I start can be very different. Uh, I never I never use templates because I just don't think that they're really that relevant or appropriate to the kind of music I do. I'm not really um, an orchestral composer, although I do use a lot of strings. Um, mm. So. Things often start with me and a guitar, just or me and a keyboard, kind of boshing out some ideas, really. Uh, and then I'm the kind of writer-producer who likes to, you know, write and produce as he goes. I don't, you know, map it all out with the piano and then orchestrate it later. I, I do it all at once, and that's the mm-hmm. only way I can kind of keep one eye on the final result, if you know what I mean. And so, yeah, yeah, I like to write and produce as I go along. And then if I need extra instrumentation or extra players, um, then I'll get in touch with, you know, the people and the contacts that I know who can do that thing um, and hopefully get them involved at that stage.
0: Yeah. And, And so, like, when you're working on string parts and other orchestral parts are you using like sample libraries and stuff like that as well or are you just sort of getting those melodies and those chord ideas with other instruments that you that you're using yourself
1: oh yeah i'll definitely use string libraries um and other you know sample libraries for whatever i need to get it to you know the demo standard whatever that is um Mm. which is usually 95 percent of the way there um You know, I'll often want to re-record strings if I can afford to with the budget. Um, Yeah. But sometimes that's not the case. And, you know, there might be particular instruments like, you know, brass is really hard to make sound good with samples and there might be niche instruments that that you might need to get just a live player into play properly. And as I said, if there's a nice if there's a bit of piano or or, or or keyboard instrument that I think needs to be played well, I'll ask someone else to play it because I can map it out and sort of, you know, say what needs to be done. But I couldn't probably play it as well as it could be played by a professional pianist.
0: Yeah. And and like, so when you're writing like a, a theme or a cue as well, like how, how do you typically find that you decide on instrumentation? Like, do you just sort of, work on the cue as, you know, in in the way that you're, you're working on it. And then it just sort of, you know, just the way that you write, it just sort of comes out like, I need to add this to that or.
1: Yeah. I mean, often I've talked about, I've talked about what I think, uh, you know, what I, where I'm going to start at least in my exploration Mm -hmm. of the musical sound of the show. I like to make sure that me and the director or producer or whoever have a good understanding of what we think's going to work um whether that's talking about you know references or whether it's talking about instrumentation so i'll often have a you know some clues in my head as as to where i want it to go um mm. and but then it's just about experimentation and it's just about trying stuff trying stuff out and you know a huge amount of the job is trial and error and um a lot of the music that I write, you know, won't ever get heard. <laughs> so it's, um, it's, <laughs> yeah, it is just trial and error. And it's, you know, that's the way I work, mm. to be honest. If I was an orchestral composer, I might, it might be slightly different. But for me, I like to just experiment, try things, see if I like them, see if they gel, see if they work together and, and help the picture. Um, and if not, yeah. you know, try something new.
0: Yeah. And like um at least my initial introduction to you is just through sex education um being in in Canada I don't have access to a lot of like the BBC stuff and and more of the channels and networks that you have over there unfortunately but um with that show like maybe it is just because I'm also a musician myself but like the the music in that show like very like it really helped create the world in my opinion so I was just sort of curious like how you know how you have approached writing comedy like for comedy shows and, and movies and stuff like that because you know as you were saying earlier like sort of it's evolved quite quite a bit from what it used to be so i was just curious your like your views on that
1: well that show in particular um you know there was a very clear uh, aesthetic i guess to the show you know it was it was basically uh you know a, a love letter to john hughes movies and um, was sort of in the 80s, set in the 80s, but set in the present day, you know, that kind of mm. had that kind of vibe. And so that obviously informed the musical choices, especially to do with the score. And I went back and forth with the director on various different approaches and styles. And we ended mm-hmm. up, um, you know, just knowing that we had to keep a little bit of that breakfast club sort of john hughes simple minds thing in there because it just it it felt really good and it worked with the characters and the tone i mean it's an incredibly bright summery show and it's very warm very you know it's very warm it's very sort of, you know filthy obviously but it's very <laughs> yeah. warm uh and so we needed to have the heart the warm heart of it basically um Hmm. and so yeah we just played around with um and this was before they even shot anything i sent some demos to the director and you know he had some thoughts and we back and forthed it a bit and then so by the time we came to you know the editor was editing the first rushes together they had some tracks mm. that that felt like they they worked, um, you know, and obviously it evolved from there. But the, you know, it was a good it's a good starting point, and that's how mm. to be honest. That's how I like to work on all the shows that I do. I do like to figure out uh, uh, something at an early stage, because often I find that the best ideas come from looking at the script before I see. Before I even see picture, because the first picture I see might not be very good. <laughs> it might not be very tight or well edited or, or you know, it might it's yeah. not the finished product. And so at least with a script, you're working off something where you've you've basically directed it in your own head. <laughs> and so you're yeah. you're giving your your response to that what you imagine in your mind's eye. Which I hmm. to me often helps because you know 9 times out of 10 you're not going to be that wide of the mark so yeah yeah, yeah I that's the way I like to work um mm-hmm. and it also means that you know you can get get some get a bit of a head start in the process and you're not on the back foot which is which is always good
0: yeah I think that show was kind of quite groundbreaking in a few ways I remember like seeing different sort of videos and and like articles about it and how like a lot of countries don't have like a sex education curriculum within, you know, their school system and Netflix is in like almost every country now. So it's like crazy that like a lot of people, that show was like a, a form of, of education in that, in that way for them. So
1: yeah, I learned some things that I did not know <laughs> from from that <laughs> show. Um, the, that yeah, it's really good. And I think its appeal is down to its universality. Really. It's kind of, mm and that was i think that was one of the ideas behind the the style and the and the and, and the visuals and and everything is that it it needed to appeal to everyone you know it was a high school american high school sort of thing but it needed to have that universal themes and an appeal to everyone and yeah it's massive in south america it's massive in india it's massive everywhere really which is great
0: mm. And and you got the sort of the gig working on that show just because uh, was it the director that you had worked with previously for that was doing this? Yes, uh, like education?
1: Yeah, I have worked with the production company before on another show called Gap Year. Um mm-hmm. and so I knew them, and I also knew the director because I'd done catastrophe and a uh, fair various other bits and bobs with him before.
0: Hmm. Um, and like on on like online as well, uh, at least in. For the show, it says that like both you and Ezra Furman were were composers. Were you guys? I know he sort of has his actual like songs in the um in the show as well. But did you guys work together on any like cues and stuff like that as well? Or
1: yeah, we did. Yeah, we um on the first season we we sort of worked remotely in that um a few. Well, he developed the songs, he wrote the songs, and he he worked them up, and then I would basically sort of edit them to picture basically and make them work a bit more to picture. Cause we did def- definitely wanted his, we wanted the score in his songs to really gel and feel like they're from the same, you know, world. Um, mm. and there's a note in, I think in the first episode, there's a long opening sequence of them cycling where we use love you so bad. Um, and we, we re-edited and extended that to make it a long instrumental sequence. Um yeah. and then we also I also added some extra instrumentation and Woodwind to some of his songs um as well to sort of keep them in the world, the sort of sound world of the score. Yeah. And then on season two, I went to Boston actually to sort of help them while they were recording so we could kind of do it in person and a bit more knuckle down and kind of get to the you know get to grips with it a bit more um mm. and that was that was really good
0: and and like on the first season like there's uh one of the episodes that they're having like the dance as well that like Ezra's actually his band's like on stage playing for the dance um did you did you get to visit the set as well or and did you have any like cameos in any of the episodes
1: uh i didn't uh, I visited the set a few times, um but I didn't have any cameos in the episodes. Uh, that mm. that that would have been fun. But I <laughs> at the end of uh, episode four in season one, um you know, spoiler alert, <laughs> <there's>, um <laughs> Jackson sort of declares his um feelings for Maeve in the uh in the you know, the lunch hall or whatever and sings mm. uh, Billy Ocean love you so and love you so bad <laughs> uh love really <laughs> hurts and um i'd had to create that um you know the playback track that they used on the shoot and the um coordinate the musicians and everything and the choir to get that um ready mm. for playback for the shoot so i was down there doing that and then in season 2 the um the musical at the end of season two was a, a lot of fun. Um, yeah. There's, there's, that was, yeah, that was a good, that was a lot of work last summer. Um, mm. But it was a lot of fun. We kind of shot it like Ben Taylor, the director, he brought in um, Rob Hasty, who's a theater director. And we, we, we worked on it as its own discreet production. So, we rehearsed it and wrote the script for it and 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 prepared it and choreographed it as a discrete you know discrete production mm. with its own director and everything that we then, that they then just came in and filmed because it was so big it was one it was you know it was a really well produced brilliantly produced um play and with high production values and um yeah, we were down there for a couple of weeks rehearsing and and then shooting
0: it. That was a lot of fun. Yeah. Um yeah, I mean, I, it this, it definitely seems like it would, it would have been a fun show to make just from watching it alone, so it's yeah, it's it's really it's a really cool and even though it is sort of like an homage to like the the John Hughes films, it definitely still feels like something completely new, so it's yeah, I don't know. It's it it's it's definitely a, a special show to me at least um but uh but yeah and it, like they sort of they they sort of announced season three right like there was like a an instagram post from one of the actors there um
1: yeah we just we're having to wait and see what happens um with covid to see uh when we can um start production
0: again but hopefully it won't yeah. be too long so we can we can expect that you're you're going to be composing for the third season as well
1: uh i hope so yeah <laughs>
0: awesome cool cool um yeah um and i guess i guess another thing i wanted to ask as well just about composing in general like um how do you find like you can you strike a good balance between you know composing and also like family time and stuff like that as well because like i you know i haven't really done a lot but i know the the amount that i have done it takes up a lot of time so just curious what what your approach has been and how you found a balance with that
1: well, it's really hard. There's no easy way about it, really. It's mm. it's it's hard to balance. Um, and yeah, it's it... sorry. I'm just thinking. <laughs> I mean, I'm yeah. It's really hard to balance the two family life and 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 composing because I definitely do need my own space in order to get into the right headspace to, to write. And with COVID and everything I'm, I'm working at home and whilst that's been great for many reasons, it's also not ideal for getting into your own headspace. Um, But yeah, I, it's, I try to, I try to put limits on, on things and make sure I finish, finish my day in time for, you know, bath time and that kind of stuff for my kids um, when I first started, though, I didn't do that at all. You know, I I really worked quite late hours and and was expected to. And that was, you know, that was hard. But as you get a bit older and you know have a family, you 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 really learn where the you know where the priorities lie. And so I was very keen to put some put some boundaries in place. Um, mm. you know, I still have to work the odd weekend and the odd evening or whatever but i try to keep it a 9 to 5 as much as possible
0: yeah yeah for sure yeah like i just i mean i'm i'm not really composing a whole lot but just like doing just this podcast alone like it it just takes up a lot of time right like just uh it, it's just, it's just crazy it's it's a weird uh weird scenario that i don't think there's really many other careers out there that sort of parallel to those experiences so
1: Uh, no it's yeah i mean (laughs) we're not saving the world or anything but it does it does kind of it takes up a lot of creative energy i guess and it's Mm. it's tiring in that respect it's tiring having to write music on demand sometimes Uh, it's Mm. fun but it's also tiring
0: and how like how is your how has your writing been since the lockdown and sort of the change of pace and scenery with you know, with with composing the stuff.
1: Well, luckily, I'm working on a couple of shows that were I just finished well shooting when we went into lockdown, and so mm. I could I was getting on with them. You know, the editor and the director and me on all of those shows were kind of working remotely, and you know, it's a it's a kind of lonely profession anyway, so it's not that big of a difference, <laughs> to be honest. Um, but um, yeah, it, it's <coughs> they it's things have slowed down somewhat um, and they this, the, it seems to be filling the time just as much somehow, I don't know why, even though I'm doing less, mm-hmm. and it's the yeah, new things, yeah. It, it's the new things <laughs> that haven't started yet um, that that we're sort of waiting for basically,
0: yeah, absolutely, yeah, it's weird, it's like there's a lot more free time technically because you're not traveling as much and you're not you know necessarily with with everyone having to work as much but it still seems like there's not enough time or a lack of motivation with certain things it just it's weird
1: yeah definitely it's expanding to fill the fill the space
0: (laughs) Mm. (laughs) um i i also noticed on on your instagram there as well that you um you have at least for your space now you have like one of those Ah, uh, the output platform desks. I was curious mm-hmm. what your uh, experience with that has been.
1: Oh, I love it. I think it's great. Um, it's, I really, yeah, it looks really cool, and it's got the right amount of, um, you know, rack units for what I need at the moment. It's, it's weird because I, I ordered it back in October, and there was, there was real supply chain issues, and it, it took ages to get here. But it, it got here about a week before we went into lockdown. And mm-hmm. then it was supposed to because I've got a, a studio in the centre of town in Sheffield, and um, I was supposed to put it up there, but I just decided to put it up here because I thought we I was just going to be here, and I didn't know how long I was going to be here. Uh, mm. And it actually works really well. I mean, it takes up most of the room, but so does most studio desks. So it's, yeah, um, yeah, yeah. <coughs> but yeah, I recommend it.
0: Hmm. And I also noticed that you seem like you have a bit of like a garden going as well. I've been helping uh, like my my in laws with <laughs> building garden beds and stuff like that too during this. Curious how how you've been enjoying for like the whole family, or the the home farm and everything.
1: Uh, yeah, well, we've got our our house is backs onto an allotment, um, mm-hmm. and so we've been growing some veg, so growing a lot of peas and lettuce and and beans and all that kind of stuff. It's a lot mm. of fun to be honest. It's, it's yeah. kind of becoming it's taking a dangerous amount of my time up, <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah. uh, but you know it's it's really nice, um, mm. and so hopefully we'll be able to eat some of that soon when
0: it's grown. <laughs> yeah, and like where you're from, you said it sort of it rains a lot as well. Is that uh, does that put a damper on a damper on growing stuff?
1: And know quite the opposite. It it I mean things things grow massive, I think, because of all mm. the rain. So yeah, it's it's good. It's mm. it's a nice little thing to have.
0: Um, and so so uh you said you like you sort of always enjoyed comedy and stuff like that. So I was curious like growing up, like what were some of your like what were some of the comedy movies that you liked to watch and like TV shows, I guess as well.
1: Well, um, a huge range You know I I guess I started You know With British comedy uh, Fawlty mm. Towers That kind of thing Anything You know On well, Monty Python Anything like that I used to love watching When I was a kid Because it was just so Weird and wacky um, And then You know More recently um, You know Things like the office and uh you know more mockumentary and that kind of stuff spinal tap mm. you know i think mean, there's 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 too much of a list to sort of say <laughs> but <I've, laughs> i i think britain's always been good at exporting great comedy and we we've we've produced quite a lot of it historically um and so there's there's a hell of a lot to to choose from really
0: hmm. and and yeah i guess I'll, I'll just i can I have a few a few fun questions here as well um like what would be is there like a dream a dream director dream project dream you know actor or anything like that that you would like to work with at some point
1: um, no I, of, I mean I often get asked what you know if I want to move more into straight drama and I yeah. don't it, yes I would I wouldn't you know I'd love to but equally I don't I'm quite I like working on on comedy dramas because I do think you get or at least for me and my style of writing you get the best of both worlds and so the ideal project I you know I don't really know but it would probably be a you know a comedy drama <laughs> but just with a big yeah. budget and a big scale.
0: Hmm. Um, and what uh, like what was your what was your your favorite film and uh, within the last year?
1: Oh, um, well, now I have kids, I don't really go to the cinema much, <laughs> but, um, <laughs> yeah. let me think.
0: Um, it doesn't have to be released within the last year, I guess, but just, just something you've watched recently, I guess. Um, <laughs> <laughs>
1: I can't think of anything that I've watched <laughs> recently. Oh, i I tell you what I really liked. I did see, um, I, I saw, uh, Jojo Rabbit, which I thought was brilliant, mm. which I really loved. Um... Uh, yeah that was just really funny really unique and <laughs> and um yeah loved it
0: mm. yeah that that was definitely an interesting one too it's it's definitely a very a unique one too it's nothing really like it um yeah and, and as well i mean is there is there uh anything else that you're working on that you haven't mentioned or anything like that that you you'd want to talk about or that you're able to talk about
1: um Um, Well, I've just finished doing a a recording for a a comedy drama called Us, which is an adaptation of a David Nichols book, um, Mm -hmm. which will be hopefully released sometime in the summer. And um, other than that, just gearing up for some new projects and hopefully Sex Ed will start again soon um things that will pick up
0: in the autumn awesome cool um yeah is there where where can people sort of find you the easiest if they want to like listen to your music and all that kind of stuff
1: uh my soundcloud is probably the thing that is updated most regularly the Mm -hmm. um although that's not even updated that regularly the my website is a bit you know needs to be updated and I'm I'm not very good on social media. <laughs> so, <laughs> so it's uh yeah, SoundCloud's probably the best place to listen to stuff.
0: Awesome. Okay. Cool. Well, yeah, thanks again Ollie for for joining me on the show. Um taking some time out of your out of your morning with me.
1: No problem. Thanks
0: for thanks
1: for chatting. It's been great.
0: As Ollie mentioned, you can find his music on SoundCloud and please go follow him over on Instagram at Ollie Julian. If you have any questions about the show, send in your email to composersconcepts at gmail.com. And if you enjoyed the show, please follow, review, and subscribe. It really helps grow the show. Uh, And thank you for listening, and take care.